Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat. We finally made it to the end of the week. Michaela, it's Friday. You love it? I do love it. I love it too. I love Fridays. I feel like I'm so pleased with everything happening. Mm -hmm. So happy again. Yesterday we announced that Brittany Griner was free at last. That Reuniting with her beautiful wife. So cool. Could you... Truly imagine being away from a meal for 10 months. No way. In a prison or knowing he was in a prison. I would I would much rather be in the prison. Same. Same. I, I'd rather be suffering than knowingly sick. Because the, the actual prison that you would live in in your mind, knowing that the love of your life is locked away or, or doing manual labor it's in worse. Russia, way worse. Yeah. Take me all day. I'm Listen, I'm pretty sturdy. I can work pretty hard. I can yeah, get through it. Yeah, I feel it. the same. And I, I feel I, like I could just I'd distract a, a little with my baby. I would, I would cry. I'd cry too. You'd flirt your way out of it. I definitely would flirt my... Yesterday I told you I was going to take my top off and we thought that was so funny. Could you imagine? We thought it was hilarious. Could you imagine? We're doing... um, Yeah. We're doing the most. We are doing the most. I agree with you though. I'd rather my... I'd rather myself be there. I can't imagine how high the emotions are today. Physically embracing, I touching, know. seeing her, eating good food. That part. It's just all the things, you know? Like, what do you do? Because I remember, I remember when I was on a reality show and we were in Morocco for a month and we lived in the wild. Okay. No cell phones, no newspapers, no, no TVs, no information from the outside world at all. And we had to survive in the wild and had to build like campsites every single night after like spending, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours a day. Crazy. Traversing mountains and living in the wild. It was insane. And I remember coming back to getting on a plane and coming back to the United States after that brief period of time. And that was a reality show. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't in a Russian prison camp. I was on a reality show on yeah. ABC. And coming back, it was such a shock to my system. And we had we had follow up appointments with a therapist that was appointed by ABC for weeks afterwards to make sure we were okay because it's a mental like it, it's a journey. And we came back and I remember one point. This is weird, but I remember like the things I wanted to eat were like so basic. I wanted like a cheeseburger. I wanted a pizza. I wanted to like have comfort food. I wanted French fries. And my sister and I were sitting by the pool one day, and I said to her, I said, I have to go to the restroom. Um. Do you ever feel, and she's like, like I want to go to the, in that bush over there? Oh my God. Because what's the point of going to a, a toilet anymore? Because yeah, we, we've you knew lived how in the wild it. for a month. And we're like, we realize that all these things we have are like luxuries. And like, yeah, it's is it socially acceptable to go, like, I don't know, go number two in a bush by a pool? It's not, at honey, a, don't no, do it. no, of course not. But is it possible? Will you survive? Yeah. And, and I think she's going to come back to a reality of like, I've survived so much. It's going to be a lot, though. It's going to make her a better human, a better activist, a better athlete, a better wife. Uh, yeah. A well, better everything. I hope so. I really do hope so. I don't know the mental toll this could take on somebody like that. Um, and also, if it makes her want to never be an activist ever again and just, like, be at home and be cozy, I'm okay with that, too. I could see that, but I think she's a strong black queer woman. I think yeah. that she knows what she was up against, and for having that feeling of never getting out for 10 months, she'll take her time, and I think she's going to come out and really fight for the people that are stuck and can't use their voice and mm. can't get out. I hope so. I, I sure hope, hope so. so. I'm just glad she's uh, making her way home. Um, back to her back to her family and, and slowly being reunited with so many people over the next days, I'm sure, the coming days and weeks as we lead up to the holidays. It's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Um, what's not a cool feeling is uh, you're a mother, right? And you admit out loud that you hate your own kid. 
Oh no! Is that okay? Is it it possible? I think you say it in quiet and rhymes. I think more moms could probably and dads can probably relate to this than will ever ever admit. Um, And then also, one of my least favorite interviews of my entire life: Cara Delevingne. Oh, supermodel. God. She's a member of our community, but she might be kind of winning me back. Yeah. Uh, and Michaela has so. has her latest in what's popping coming up at the end of this hour. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat. You what do you have it, for us? All right. One of the earliest sites of gay rights activism is officially New York City's newest landmark. Julius's Bar in the heart of Manhattan's Greenwich Village neighborhood received the official designation Tuesday following a vote by the city's landmarks. Preservation Commission, located at 159 West 10th Street, just a short walk from fellow historic gay bar Stonewall Inn. Julius has been open since the 1860s. It started attracting gay patrons in the mid-20th century, and according to the conservation nonprofit group Village Preservation, it's the city's oldest existing gay bar. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2016 for its significance in the gay rights movement. I've never been. Let's go. Let's go. I'd love to. All right, let's get into weather. 45 in New York, 67 in Atlanta, 48 in Denver, 54 in Vegas, 53 in San Francisco, and 67 in Palm Springs. Now give us a vibe of the day. A little progress each day adds up to big results. Speaking of big, this is a big deal. You ever heard of Magic Mike live in Las Vegas? Ooh, yeah. Well, you can experience an unforgettably fun night of thrilling 360-degree entertainment featuring some of the world's sexiest, most talented, temperature-raising acts from a thrilling range of acrobatic and musical talent at Magic Mike live at Sahara Las Vegas. Tickets are on... Bring that pony up. Tickets bring are on that sale pony up, baby. at MagicMikeLiveLasVegas.com or I have a better option for you. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com. You could win round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay at the Sahara, two VIP passes to see Magic Mike live, plus meet and greet with the cast. These guys are hot, by the way. Hot, baby. Dinner at Bizarre Meat and your own bottle of champagne. Amazing. That's sexy time right there. And there's some LGBTQ plus representation in the cast. You can get a lap dance from a hot dude. Um, Listen, I will say this. It is a show... For the arts, if you appreciate artistry, mm-hmm. dancing, mm-hmm. abs, fashion, pecs, that's the place for you. Tight jeans, an institution of the arts, underwear. Somebody gets fully nude. Yeah, I love it. It's your place to go. It's artistic. All right, in the best of times, being a parent can be a lot. Christmas is right around the corner, so I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent this time of year, right? I've got my dog. He just celebrated his second birthday a couple weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But the stress of the holidays, on top of the fact that you already have toddlers, is just a lot. Which brings me to this question, Michaela Gordon. Okay. Is it okay to hate your own children? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so I I asked this question because... A mother has come uh, come clean online. She has a daughter, and she says, listen, I can't stand my kid. She whines all the time. She lies. She's constantly crying for attention. The mom says, I feel burnt out and sick of dealing with my daughter. And now other moms are coming to her with advice online. Uh, this woman is in Sydney, Australia, and but she's getting advice from around the world. And it seems to be pretty consistent just about anywhere you live uh-huh. that there are a lot of mothers who are like, listen, I can relate. We don't talk about it, but I can relate. Listen, yesterday I spoke to three mothers. My sister-in-law, one of my best friends, and another girlfriend of mine. All mothers, 
all have children. Did they all make comments about how miserable a they were? A thousand See? percent. Right. My sister-in-law said, I love your niece and nephew. I love them more than anything. Mm. But they will not pick up after themselves. I am killing myself trying to get this house ready for your brother. It's already hard for me to stay organized. And they just leave a mess everywhere. And I can't stand them. That was one mother. A second mother. I got this surgery for my son so that he would be able to breathe better. And now all he does is constantly get pneumonia. And I know how this sounds, but I don't know how to take care of him. And I'm losing my mind. I want to rip my hair out. And then she proceeded to cry. My third mother friend said, my stupid 16-year-old daughter invited the entire basketball team over to have dinner with me tonight. And I have to cook it now, but she's in her choir practice. And I don't know if they're actually, in fact, coming. So I have 16 baked potatoes ready for I don't know who. And if they're coming, I hate her. And I hung up that phone, babe. And I was like... Okay, Rocco, have a seat on my lap. Have a little treat, my man. You're the closest thing to a son I'm ever going to have. (laughs) Look, do they hate their children? No. Are they absolutely exhausted and don't know what to do? A thousand percent. And this mom seems to have it really rough with her nine-year-old. Her nine-year-old sounds like a terror. (laughs) Well, you know that in the United States, since 2007, the birth rate has fallen by 20% in the last 15 years. 20%. Now, if you look at 2007... That's right on the heels of the recession that took place in 2008, 2009, which then brought us into Donald Trump and this chaotic era we're in now, right? And so it makes sense because when I have conversations with my husband, when I have conversations with other friends that are like close to our age or younger or older who are thinking about starting the family, they all come back to the same, like, we don't want to bring a, ch- a child into this world. It's, it's a chaotic time to be alive. The stress of it all is too much, and we don't see any relief in sight. It feels like it's only going to get worse, especially here in the United States. Yeah. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. And everything is expensive. A dozen eggs cost me $7 the other day, and that's just normal now. A loaf of bread is 4 or 5 bucks. It used to be like $1.50. And I know I sound like my grandparents, but like inflation is through the roof right now, and it has been for a while. Gas is $7 a gallon. and, and like I don't, I can't afford a kid. Right? Like, who can afford it? I mean, honestly, that's what it is. Lisa took Bruno to the vet yesterday um, because he jumped off a couch and now he's like limping. So Lisa was like, I got to take him. He's our kid. I got to make sure he's okay. Went to the vet. $150 later, he seems to be okay. We don't know. We're still looking into it. But $150 just. Gone for well, nothing, no medicine, nothing. That's just on top t- of the thousands you guys have spent on him just to keep a him, you million know, percent. thank God you have insurance. But like, imagine that's a kid. You multiply yeah. that. Listen, it's really expensive. Yeah. I always felt like, and, and we still do plan on having kids. We're getting ready to partner up again with HRC Fertility. Uh, we're going to do a whole thing about it. I still very much plan on having kids. How many? I don't know. Yeah, I can't wait to be an uncle. Yeah. Listen, That's it. being an aunt is my favorite. Yeah. Being an aunt is the easiest job. You kiss them, you hug them, and you send them home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive right now. Kudos to all parents. And if you hate your kids, we understand where you're coming from. We understand it's not real hate, but they better stop whining. And also, low-key, not all kids are cute or kind. No, they're not. They're brats. It's okay Some to like have an opinion about them. Yeah. Just don't just don't say it to their faces. You couldn't. No, like, no, no. Don't damage them. A lot of therapy. No, a lot no, of therapy. No, 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 no. And that's talk about expensive. All right, coming to terms with your identity, uh, whether you identify as you know cis, straight, queer, non-binary, trans, whatever the case may be, 
is a different journey for everybody. And for some, it's very, very, very difficult. Uh, and oftentimes we think that's just like for average people, but celebrities also go through it. And it's actually uh, the entry point to our What's Poppin', our first What's Poppin' of the morning. What do you got for us? Okay, this is really exciting. I actually might be in this documentary. Uh, Cara Delevingne uh, has a new documentary called Planet Sex, exploring the diversity, depth, and queerness of human sexuality. The series also features Delevingne's personal explorations into her own sexuality. In it, she attends a masturbation seminar donates her orgasm to science and visits a porn library. She also does so much more. She said it means the world uh, to the little queer that I was and that I am. She said she's proud to be a woman and she's proud to be who she is right now. But she said that she had a lot of internalized homophobia and shame that she thought was completely abnormal and she just wanted to make it normal. She also felt like taking her own life because the pressure seemed so difficult before she understood herself. You know, she showed up at the year that I hosted Dinah Shore and came on stage and they were filming Planet Sex and she was like, you're so beautiful. And I was like, mm, Lisa, look away. You're so beautiful too, Karen. Um, and she was so lovely. She was so sweet. So sweet to all of the people that were there. And I'm genuinely curious to understand her experience because I do. I feel like a lot of people have that. I know you had a bad experience with her. <laughs> so No, I knew you were going to say that. I, one of two people I've ever interviewed in my life who were just so rude to me when she was one of them. But this could, this was also but years ago. But this kind ago. of makes sense this now. makes sense now. Maybe she was going through it. Yeah, she was feeling so angry and homophobic internally that and, maybe gay people and like I was, people yeah, she and met. I was, and I was very gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes that can be triggering for somebody who's still hiding that part of themselves. Yeah, totally. So I'm excited. I think this is going to be really helpful to so many people. I think she's a great person to lead this documentary. She's also a supermodel and says that sometimes uh, she enjoys dressing up as a man and being he. So kind of goes back and forth between, you know, the, you know, doesn't believe in not the, the binary at all. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool. I love that, too. I think it's great. So I'm looking forward to watching this documentary. What if you're in it? You're going to freak. I will freak out. I know you will. I did. I hugged her a little tight. So we'll see. <laughs> Try to get on camera, of course. <laughs> Kara, call me, baby. Yeah, you can't get the shot without me. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Good morning and welcome to the show. You know, I feel like our community keeps racking up wins. We got Brittany Griner back. The uh, Respect for Marriage Act passed yesterday in Washington, D.C. It's a big, big deal for us. And coming up this hour here in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to be joined by a reporter from the Washington Blade uh, to talk about this landmark vote and what it means for our community, for our rights. I've been married for, what, five or six months now? Yeah. I'm glad I get to stay married. Thank God. Could you imagine? Listen, if you think... You spent all that money, all that time. (laughs) Yeah, it's about the money. No, it's about the love. It's about everything, though. You know what? That was a huge financial investment to share your love. If they would have tried to come for my marriage... Mm-mm. No, no ma'am. Kayla wouldn't have let him. Oh, she's, that would have never happened. She's my little pit bull. I would have ruined their lives. You really would have. Don't so, worry, baby. Glad it didn't come to that. Yeah, good luck. Glad for them. <laughs> lucky, <laughs> lucky them. Uh, super excited to have this conversation here in just a little bit. Also, keeping it, uh, keeping it in the LGBTQ space because that's what we do. We're talking lesbian bed death later oh, on this hour. Is that something you can relate to? It's not good. It's thank God. Doesn't sound like a good thing. No, we got to get these lesbians together. Okay, got it. Lesbians also, unite. Also, political, right? AOC, lover. She's uh, a. What's she's going under, on? She's under investigation, y'all. She's under investigation. That's all we're going to say. You've got the details and what's popping yep. later on this hour. Right now, though, let's get to some news on the beat. All right, well, this is kind of exciting news for me. It is now legal for women and men to be topless at beaches on the popular vacation island of Nantucket. Earlier this year, a local-led gender equality on beaches campaign proposed a bylaw amendment that would make it legal for anyone of any gender to go nude from the waist up while on a beach on the island. Although Nantucket voters had already voted yes on the proposed bylaw in May, the decision became official when Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healy approved it on December 6th. Under the previous law, women could be fined $300 and faced a penalty of up to three years in prison if caught topless on the island. In the document issued by her office, Healy says that Nantucket's decision might be controversial, but it doesn't conflict with any state laws. I will say, listen, as as exciting as it is for me, because I love to be topless, it's really important for our non-binary and trans community who are unable to get top surgery to still feel validated in their gender and who they feel they most relate to because look as much as it feels exciting for people to get top surgery it's really expensive and so to have a place where they can go to feel validated I I just love that I think it's so exciting and I think that it is more uh, towards equality so real so real I'm happy happy to hear it absolutely all right one more news story a gay California lawmaker California State Senator Scott Wiener revealed that he received a bomb threat laced with homophobic tropes and rhetoric amid a simmering culture war that has sparked widespread anti LGBTQ threats. An unnamed individual threatened to bomb his home and shoot up his office. He said he was informed of the threat by police in a local newspaper that the individual had emailed. The email said, we will kill you and called me a pedophile and a groomer. Wiener said in his statement, he added that this is the second bomb threat he received this year and just the latest in a wave of death threats against him related to his LGBTQ advocacy work. That's insane. All right, let's get into a little weather. Uh, 48 in D.C., 38 in Chicago. 
Uh, it's going to be 80 in Miami and 60 what? in LA. Now, give us a vibe. A little progress each day adds up to big results. Now, we have a really cool opportunity, and I feel like I've been stealing the shine. I want to give you the chance to let our listeners know what they could be winning if they head over to wearechannelq.com. Well, thank you, honey. Magic Mike, Magic Michaela. I'm from Vegas, baby, and it's going to be so fun for you. Experience an unforgettably fun night of thrilling 360-degree entertainment featuring some of the world's sexiest most talented temperature-raising acts from a thrilling range of acrobatic and musical talent at Magic Mike Live at Sahara Las Vegas. I will tell you, my friends are in the show. My girlfriends have gone to the show. My boyfriends have gone to the show. They love it. It's so hot. You get the chance for a round-trip airfare for two, two-night stay at Sahara, two premium tickets to Magic Mike Live, a Magic Pass package, and dinner at Bazaar Meats. Also been there. It's delicious. So make sure you head over to uh, Magic MikeLiveLasVegas.com. Tickets are now on sale. Now, coming up next, we're talking about some really important things. The House passes a bill to protect same-sex marriage and landmark votes, sending it to Biden. We're joined with Christopher Kane, White House correspondent from Washington Blade, next. I am American, American. Listen, we love that intro music, RuPaul's Drag yes. Drag Race. It makes us happy every time we get to do Red, White, and Q, but oftentimes we talk about trauma being inflicted on our community, especially in the Trump era. Uh, so it's really nice to have uplifting, mm-hmm. positive news as a community. And that happened yesterday as, as, uh, as the Defense of Marriage Act finally passed. Super exciting stuff. Here to break it all down and tell us what it means for our community is Christopher Kane, White House correspondent from the Washington Blade. Blade, Christopher, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you, love. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. How are you all? We're good. We're, we're great. Like, we're better than we were a couple days ago. So that that's that says something. Uh, walk us through this though, because it was a bipartisan effort, sort of, um, and, and that's that's important. Uh, but what does it mean for our community? Indeed. I'm coming to you, I should tell you, um, from the U.S. Capitol building, from a, a soundproof kind of phone booth from the, from the press gallery as the vote took place. And it was a, it was a celebratory moment. Um, there were a lot of folks that were clapping on the floor of the House. So it was very exciting. This is a historic piece of legislation. It's a landmark bill uh, that is now going to the president's desk where it will be signed into law. And as you mentioned, it was passed with bipartisan support. This was a vote on um, on the amendments that were added to to the bill by the Senate. Um, so it's actually the second time the House was voting on this, um, and the first time it actually passed with more bipartisan support than it did this time. What is that about? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I was able to interview um, Congressman Chris Pappas from um, New Hampshire outside of the Speaker's lobby right after he voted, but before the the entire vote was called. Um, and he was he was saying that, you know, in a logical world that with the addition of the Senate's amendment, which included additional protections for religious liberties, that he expected in a logical world, to use his words, um, that this would pick up some more Republican votes than it did last time. Uh, and it ends up getting less or fewer. So, yeah, logic isn't exactly the strong suit of the Republican Party these days. But yeah, we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say what's crazy is it, that this particular bill directly affects my best friend. He, it's an interracial marriage. <clears throat> he just got married in June. That's me. And to think that, you know, I guess it's just so personal for us because 
he just did this and then to have the opportunity to have it you know so quickly taken away it is such a big deal something we talked about yesterday was sort of Nancy Pelosi's legacy you know she's she's leaving she's walking away a little bit um, hopefully to spend time with her husband and her grandkids but the final bill that she ever signed was this landmark bill which sort of is a full circle moment that AJ said her being from San Francisco her fighting so hard for our community let's talk about that for a moment because that's really incredible Absolutely. I mean, this really cements her legacy as one of, I think it's probably not controversial to say, um, you know, perhaps the most effective person to ever serve in that role as Speaker of the House. Um, You know, this also is is a landmark moment following the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and I believe that was 2011. Um, so she presided over now two of the greatest legislative victories for LGBTQ people um, ever, at least in modern history. So it's, it's certainly a big moment for her. Isn't it really fascinating to think about? Because, listen, I'm gay, but I'm still a cis white man. And, uh, and, and with that comes a whole litany of like baggage and, uh, and other stuff that we have a lifetime to unpack. But when you look at representation and our government and to say that she's the most effective in that role in the history of the United States government and she's the only woman to ever hold it to me that says well maybe we should start giving more opportunities to more diverse people because they're going to bring fresh ideas and vigor to the table oh no question about that um you know I think representation is so important whether we're talking about um racial and ethnic diversity or uh, gender diversity uh, with respect to sexual sexual orientation, gender identity. I mean, all of these things are so tremendously important and the fact that she uh, that she was so successful um, being the first woman to occupy that role, I think um, I would agree with you 100%. I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think this bill really represents so much, like the both of you have said, it's interracial couples, gay couples, women, women's rights, the importance of women having a seat at the table, gay people having a seat at the table. Yeah, it checks a lot of boxes. Black people having a seat at the table, diversity. And um, it just feels like mm-hmm. a really good way to go into the weekend. And into the holiday that, season. Like, we, yeah, got, we got some wins. Yeah, we got some <laughs> wins this December. And it's been a long, long four years. It's nice to have this moment. Let's open the champagne. I'm, I'm with you all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, listen, my husband and I keep a bottle of, of Vouve Yellow Label cold and chilled in our fridge for moments like this. We might have to pop it later. <laughs> yes, pop it like it's hot. Thank you so much, Christopher Kane, for joining us again. White House correspondent from Washington Blade. We look forward to speaking with you. Have a great weekend. Likewise, you too. I am happy to talk anytime. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, coming up, lesbian bed death. Wow, way to bring it down. Have you ever heard of it? (laughs) Listen, we're fixing fixing our community one step at a time. All right, welcome back to the show. I came across a term, a phrase recently that I was not really familiar with. And so I brought it to Michaela and got quite a reaction. She was very much familiar, and it's lesbian bed death. Oh my God. Okay. Terrifying. Sounds sounds dark, but not what you might think, actually. And our next guest is actually an expert on sex and relationships, focusing on kink-affirming uh, therapies. Also an award-winning author of The Leather Couch, Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients, and knows all about lesbian bed death. Please Let's welcome to it. the program, Dr. Stephanie Gorlick. Dr. Gorlick, how are you? Hi, Doc. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Now okay. make this make sense. Yeah, let's talk about this this phenomenon of uh, lesbian bed death and why it seems to be happening 
in the lesbian community. What is it, first and foremost? Really what it is most of all is a misunderstanding of how sex evolves in relationships. Uh, The idea of lesbian bed death is that when women are in relationships with one another, their sex life rapidly declines and and it very quickly becomes a sexless relationship. Um, But when we look at the research and the data, that's actually not necessarily true. Huh. I feel like, but I also can, I've been married, I've been in a relationship for 10 years to my husband and we got married in June and like low-key, I feel like we have like gay bed death every now and then. It it revives every (laughs) few weeks or so, but sometimes I feel like our our sex life is dead too, so so relatable. Yeah, and that's the key point. It's really the the factor that determines how often a couple have has sex is not necessarily their orientation. It's the length of their relationship. Mm. And we do see a decline in sexual frequency in long-term relationships. But that's true whether you're married to a man, whether you're married to a woman, mm. whether you're married to somebody that identifies as something in between or not at all. It's about the length of relationship, not the orientation of it. Well, I think, too, and and if this makes sense, you please tell me. I think with lesbians also, sometimes the driving force in active sex lives is the testosterone that plays in heterosexual relationships or or gay male relationships. And for women, you know, we're running more off for the most part, you know, estrogen. And for me, I like that really emotional connection, sometimes not always physical, which I think some women agree with. Do you think that's why it's more common as well for lesbians not to always connect so physically? So you are absolutely correct that testosterone plays a role in sex drive, and that is a factor. We know that lesbian couples, compared to other kinds of couples, do have sex a little bit less than others. But about a third of lesbian couples still say they have sex two to three times a week. So it's not a huge difference. In longer-term relationships, women in relationships with other women uh, report having sex about once a week or a little bit less, so maybe a couple times a month. And the the testosterone factor might absolutely play a role there. Mm. But what I think is super important to, to notice is that women actually report higher quality sex and more orgasms when they are with a female partner than they do when they're with a male partner. I know that's so, right. Yeah, so it could also be that not only is the sex more emotional and more connected, like you're describing, but also that it's just more satisfying in general, and so perhaps it's needed a little bit less frequently. I will say this, that my husband and I, we have a fantastic sex life, and it gets better whenever we have like a breakthrough, whenever there's a moment of Mm, like vulnerability and we actually reconnect, then the sex gets better. Because I've often thought like, oh my God, how am I going to have sex with like one person for the rest of my entire life? And I know that monogamy isn't the only way, but so far it's what we've chosen, right? For the most part. Um, But how, how do you... Make it a priority. Like, is that important that you do make sex a priority in a relationship? If it's, if it's something that you both want to have a healthy sex life, but one or the other or both of you oftentimes are maybe too tired, you're too stressed out, you have other things going on, is making it a priority, is that an, an important thing to do in a relationship? Absolutely. Our brain-body connection when it comes to sexuality is is amazingly complicated. And the more we do something, the more our brain is wired to be receptive to it, to enjoy it, and to crave it. So if you are in a relationship where perhaps your libido is a little bit lower than your partner's or vice versa, as a sex therapist, I'm a huge proponent of scheduling sex. 
a lot of times people hear this and they think that you're turning sex into a checklist or a chore, but I love it because for the person with the lower libido, mm-hmm. that lets the rest of the week feel safe, right? They know that they can hug and kiss and touch and be intimate without worrying that their partner's going to want something more. And the person with the higher libido gets to have this lovely, delicious sort of a sense of anticipation and longing and knowing that, you know, date night's coming and it's going to be amazing. And so scheduling sex not only trains your brain to be more receptive to sexuality and intimacy, but it also addresses some of those sort of psycho-emotional needs for both partners in the relationship. She just said psycho. Did you hear that? Uh, that's you know what, Dr. Gorlick, here's, what, here's my kink and my turn on. You just mentioned it a moment ago, and this is perfect news for me. Lists. I love to do lists. I love lists. I love a schedule. We love anything. checking things off. Turns me on every single time. So really I'm going. Does. To, I'm going to now write out a I, list. The organization. I know people make fun of people for scheduling sex. I think it's fabulous. I think you schedule everything else in life, and like you said, it takes that pressure off. You know when you're going to have sex, so you feel like you're still adding to the relationship. And also, also, and this is one thing I found out that I I do have a higher sex drive than my partner. I'm almost ten years older, which seems counterintuitive but i have a higher sex drive and the thing that turns him off is if i bring it up repeatedly that's mm. a big turn off for him so maybe scheduling it would allow us the the to create a space where i don't bring it up because i know it's coming for sure the scam of it all. which might actually turn him on yes is that what you're saying that is absolutely what i'm saying it lets the person who has a higher libido like you know that they can look forward to something, be fantasizing about that, be planning about that, turning it into something special, using it as fodder in their mind between now and then. And yeah, it takes the pressure off of your partner. They don't need to worry about you bringing it up. They don't need to worry about feeling like they're letting you down. They know that date night is coming and it's going to be lovely and enjoyable and intimate and connected. And between now and then, you guys can just kind of be yourselves and wow. have a life and a connection that feels safer. It's a breakthrough Doctor, moment. This I don't is know big. how this is going to come out, but I will be thinking of you this weekend. And okay. I appreciate you That's so weird. much. For all of this amazing information, I meant that in a medical way, not you know, a bad the, way. The other way. Yeah, I hope Lisa's not listening. I, okay, well. Thank you so much, Doctor. Dr. Gorlick, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. I do want to remind our listeners, uh, if they are looking for more sort of uh, helpful tips like this, to pick up a copy of The Leather Couch Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Poor Candace Cameron Beret. Her words got her into trouble recently, and she she can't seem to find her way out of it. And now one of her co-stars, or uh, another actor from her new network, has said goodbye. What do you have for us? What's goodbye. popping? Goodbye. Okay, I don't know why my computer's acting up, but Neil Bledsoe uh, is coming out and saying he's down with the gays, baby. He's not worried about it. Um, after Candace Cameron Bray made a fool of herself. It's nice to see that someone from the great American family's family is coming out in support of the gays. And that's exactly what Neil Bledsoe is doing. Yeah. And he actually is leaving the network. Yeah. He's saying, I'm out of here. I can't do that because he said my life wouldn't be where it is today without the love, support and guidance of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, I said from my mentors in college to my myriad of agents and managers, writers and directors, teachers and colleagues. And of course, my dear friends and family who have all touched my life. I owe them a great debt. Guess what, honey? Candace Cameron Bure. You have not gotten to where you are without the help of a whole bunch of queer people. 
Like, literally. Seriously. Now, I'm not just saying the stereotypical, like, hair and makeup, but I'm talking, like, behind the scenes, people you're never going to meet, people who handle your contracts. Yeah, they, like, loved you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those, yeah, those of us who support you over the years, you wouldn't be who you are without us. Yeah, but it, you know, it's very nice to see straight, cis, white men. Yes. Who've got truly the most privilege stand up and say, hey, it's not okay, and I'm leaving the network. Yeah. And, um... Justice Cameron, what was her stupid name? Candace Cameron Bure. Mm-hmm. Just as she was able to make her opinions, he's allowed to make his. Absolutely. And uh, listen, that's how it's going. He's going to end up over at Hallmark or something. Yeah, he will. He'll be featured in a few things now for taking a stand. Well, I'd love to see it. So do I. An executive from Hallmark was just talking about this. I think Jonathan Bennett's movie, um, The Holiday Sitter, comes out this weekend. We set the DVR for it last night, and it's pretty exciting stuff uh, that he's you know, a gay man in a relationship as a lead character on a Hallmark film. While on the other end of things, this network is going backwards, taking us back to the Stone Age. But um, Hallmark, an executive, talked about how some of these big actors like Danica McKellar and Candace Cameron Bray, who had been there for so many years, have left. And they said, we're very happy with the talent that we still have. And we have all the people here that we want to have here. So she's not missed. Well, oddly, you know who's joining her in one of these films is Aunt Becky. Oh, well, Lori Loughlin, of course. She's just trying to get work right now. I mean, yeah, she'll literally After the take college anything. Admission scandal. Yeah, 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 truly. And Kimmy. Oh, Gibbler. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Okay, that's we're not losing anybody. Without <laughs> without okay. Full House, name one project any of them have ever been in. Do you know what I mean? Except like, for John Stamos. Well, yeah, but I mean the women. The, these women that you just mentioned. No, yeah, like, no, I know. They're I'm all thinking, known for like, that one thing. Mm-hmm. Full House and Fuller House. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Way to go, guys. And Hallmark movies. And the Olsen twins don't even speak to any of them. At all. And they're the most successful. They wouldn't even make one appearance on Fuller House and it ran for, what, Can five seasons? Can you imagine why? They've moved on. I know. They're like, we were little kids. We don't want to have anything to do with that. I know. I love it so I much. Know. Take a stand. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We have a great hour coming up for you. Have you been given a quiet promotion without even realizing it? This is really, really common, and especially during the pandemic, people getting asked to do a lot more work. Maybe people were laid off, and you're picking up the slack. You don't get a different title. You don't get a pay raise, but it feels like a promotion. Mm-hmm. How do you address that? Oy, that's a lot, babe. And how do you get back on track and get paid what you're worth? We've actually got an expert joining us, a career strategist, uh, to give some tips and tricks as we head into 2023, right around the corner. A lot of people are going to be negotiating new salaries and things like that. Totally. Maybe making a change. Yeah. You know, starting a new career. It's a great time to have this conversation. Also, I don't want to include my mentally ill sister in my wedding. All the other sisters are included. Okay. But don't want to include this one. Why? Ooh, that's tough. And is that justifiable? We're yeah. going to have this conversation also this hour. Um, and <laughs> this is interesting. So one of Candace Cameron Bure's co-stars right, has taken a stand, and it might shock you what he's come out to say. This guy's very cis, very straight, as far as we know, uh, but he's taken a stand on her stance. You know, she left Hallmark and said that they're they're showcasing traditional marriages on her new on her new uh, holiday films. God forbid. But uh, one of her co-stars has, has some thoughts, and he's sharing Good. them with the world. We've got all of that and more this hour on the Morning Meat Stick Round. It's going to be a fun one as we get closer and closer to the weekend. Christmas shopping. Have you done any? No. I don't either. And I'm not going to. I don't either. I don't think I'm getting Christmas presents this year. I'm not. Is that weird? I'm not. At least I'll get something and that's it. Yeah, right? If, if even. 
We're going to Disneyland for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We're going it's away. Expensive. We're going away to the mountains this weekend. We're going to go stay in a really nice cabin, and I, like that's okay. Well, that's our Christmas. Yeah. I don't really even. I don't know. I don't. But then here's the thing, though. Here, Loki, December twenty second, twenty third. I go into a panic, and then I buy him a bunch of presents. I do it every year. Okay. I say I'm not going to, and then last minute, I always buy him presents. I hear that. I feel like we're in a different position because I get presents all year. So does Lisa. Like, I don't that's, subscribe that's to having to get Christmas presents Christmas Day. Yeah. Like, we treat each other well all year. So, I feel like if financially it's not there, well, we then wa- it's just not there, babe. We walked through uh, Beverly Center Mall last year. We walked through, like, a Bloomingdale's after we'd gone out to dinner. We went to dinner at this place down there that he absolutely loves, right? And had a really great dinner. We also took an edible, right? Hot. So we walked through after, and we had an edible, and we had like a cocktail. We took an Uber. We were safe. We were responsible. And we're walking through Bloomingdale's, and I see this leather jacket that's gorgeous and very expensive. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, will you just try this on for me? He's like, no, I'm not going to try that on. I'm like, just please try it on for me. Just being silly and playful. Like, just like things that you normally wouldn't buy. I was like, just try it on. And so he tries it on, and I'm like, oh, wow. He looks so good in it. And the next day I woke up and I was like dead sober and I couldn't stop thinking about the jacket. I went back and got it for him. It's the nicest gift I've ever bought him. But I told myself I wasn't getting him anything. And then last minute, literally December 22nd probably, I got him the got him the jacket. And he Love. wore it the other night and I loved it. So I was like, okay, I'm glad I did. Love. But it was kind of like a moment. I made a decision in my head that was not like rational necessarily. But, but that's kind of how I do my shopping. So cute. So I got a couple weeks. <laughs> make it happen, baby. <laughs> oh, let's make some news on the beat happen. All right. In a bizarre rant, Newsmax's Greg Kelly went from defending Donald Trump's call for termination of the Constitution to saying that drag queens reading books to other people's kids is a violation of his constitutional rights. What? How about drag queens reading to children in schools, he said. I think that's a violation of my constitutional rights, even if it's not my kid. Kelly was discussing a message Trump posted to his Twitter clone, Truth Social. Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election, Trump wrote last weekend. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Trump was angry that Twitter deleted information released from President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden's laptop, including a naked picture of Hunter Biden, which he believed somehow cost him the election in 2020. Instead of defending the Constitution, Kelly said that the Constitution is flawed because it doesn't allow election results to be overturned because social media companies moderate content. Wait, 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 wait. Donald Trump thinks he lost the election in 2020 because a naked picture of Hunter Biden was released? Babe, it's never ending with this man. Wait, what? Never. I can't even keep up. Ending. He just like I he know. is such a pathetic human. Like, how can you take accountability for nothing in your life? Nothing. Like, what's that like? The amount of privilege to never take accountability for a single thing and then and then have tens of millions I of people know. like worship you. He's insane. People are insane. Yeah. It's just bonkers. All right, let's get into weather. 45 in New York, 67 in Atlanta, 48 in Denver, 54 in Vegas, 53 in San Francisco, and 67 in Palm Springs. Nobody in Palm Springs talks like that, by the Palm way. Springs. You say Palm Springs every time. Palm Ain't nobody talks about it. Nobody. Nobody. Not Palm a single one of our listeners. Palm Springs. There are people the all over Palm Springs listening to us right now saying Palm nobody Palm. talks like that here. Palm. Shout out to our listeners on uh, 103.1 FM, by the way. I'm sorry for her. I'm sorry. Here's a vibe for you. A little progress each day adds up to big results. You could get some big results by heading over to wearechannelq.com right now and entering for your chance to win 
and experience an unforgettably fun night of thrilling 360-degree entertainment featuring some of the world's sexiest, most talented, temperature-raising acts from a thrilling range of acrobatic and musical talent at Magic Mike Live at Sahara Las Vegas. Tickets are on sale now at MagicMikeLiveLasVegas.com or, like I said, go to WeAreChannelQ.com. Round trip airfare for two, a two night hotel stay, two premium tickets, a meet and greet. Uh, we're talking dinner at Bizarre Meat. Also, a personalized bottle of champagne. We got you covered. And we've got you covered. There's some bisexual dancers on the show that Bisexuals? will. Bisexual. And these men give they give lap dances to men too. It's not like Chippendales. No, no, no. no this no, is this no. is modern stuff. Woo. Magic Mike lives with the times, y'all. Go off, Daddy. And these guys are fire. All right, now nobody wants to be the lazy one at work, right? We all like to go above and beyond to try to impress our boss, be a good team player, uh, be a good coworker, you know. Uh, and and that historically has been seen as a good thing here in the United States, right? But what if going above and beyond means you're doing stuff outside of your actual job description? You're picking up the slack for other people. Maybe somebody's been laid mm-hmm. off and you're working two jobs now, essentially. Uh, and you've essentially been given a quiet promotion, as they call it. Meaning you get more work, but you don't get a better title or more pay or more benefits. It happens a lot. Oh, it's been yeah. happening a lot these last few years, I feel like. So here to help uh, talk us through uh, what a quiet promotion is and what you need to do if you think you've been quietly promoted is Anna Gaynor, who is a bilingual career strategist who helps achievers go from overwhelmed to empowered. Anna, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Hi, AJ. Hi, Michaela. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you both about Quiet promotion. <laughs> well, I love. There's this article uh, that uh, that you, that you're in that is about your own experience and how, as an immigrant, you thought you had to work, 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 work to like prove yourself. And not only did that not work out for you, you were quietly promoted many times, but it started to manifest in like physical ailments for you. So, talk us through your personal experience, please. Sure. So when I first came to the United States, this it's what it was so to me, like no one likes their job, so suck it up and work, 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 as you said, um, because that's the only way to get a promotion. So that's exactly what I did. I took the advice and I said, you know, I'm already like a, an achiever, an overachiever. So I always, if you give me an assignment, I am going to finish. I'm going to get it done, right? So... After a couple of years in this fight-or-flight situation where stress just takes over your life and, and all you do is work 60-plus hours a week, what happens is I start having all these issues. Like I, you know, had stomach pain, migraines. It's just like your body, it, it just starts start feeling that, you know, that pressure of always deliver your best, you know, always be delivering your best work, right? So I had to see so many doctors and the the frustrating piece is that they never really know what's wrong with you because it's not like uh, they're not checking for you know your stress level or the mental piece that plays you know a, a huge part on all these things and yeah it was just me going to doctors you know from doctor to doctor for years and you know I didn't mention this in the article but like in 2019 at the end of 2019 pre-pandemic I was diagnosed with cancer so oh it was God. just like it's just one thing yeah it's just one thing leading to another and you, your body you know is just kind of keep that score right like of the the, the fight or flight and, and and all these different things so no we believe yeah like I we believe that totally like 
Yeah. That, 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 that your mental state really affects your physical health. Yeah. Listen, I was a workhorse and I was like proud of it. And I was like, you don't have to pay me extra. Mm-hmm. I'm just proud of my work ethic. That's how I grew up. My family taught me to work super hard. And I also got sick and now it's so not worth it to me. So how do you... The problem I feel is when you decide you no longer want to be a workhorse, your boss and others still have the expectation that you are. Mm -hmm. So how do you sort of set a new boundary to be like, yes, I was that way, but I'm no longer going to work outside of my means? Yeah. So what I like to say to my clients is that the relationship you have with your manager is the most important relationship in the workplace because that's going to be the person vouching vouching for you. In, you know, in case you, you want to like get a promotion and you know exceed in your career and all these different things, that's going to be the person that's going to help you achieve those things, right? So what what I say is. It's important to have those conversations, if possible, you know, if, if you are a remote worker, have the conversation on video, or if you are in an office, have the conversation in person, instead of trying to set boundaries over email. Because communication sometimes gets, you know, lost, or it, it end up, you know, it becomes miscommunication, right? So you say no to an assignment, like a hard no, when you used to say yes to everything, that kind of raised some red flags. So you want to have that conversation and explain that you are experiencing burnout, right? And, and, and that you need maybe to discuss your workload and what is going to be, you know, a priority moving forward and explain that you're working many hours a week. And I think you just have to come clean and have that conversation. Yeah, sometimes easier said than done. It's a pretty, it's a sticky situation to be in when you have maybe been yeah. quietly promoted. You're doing the extra work, and then you decide one day, no more. I don't mm-hmm. want this. Uh, on the other hand, you have those who are the kind of workhorses who might look at somebody else taking a step back and say, "Well, I'm going to work harder now to prove to them that I deserve the job." So there's always a level of like competition and anxiety. Um, if you do mm-hmm. want to get an actual promotion, though, like if you, it, it is working hard the only way or are there like more strategic ways to get what it is that you want yes absolutely so my background is in hr and the first thing that we always say is document right have data have data and have those conversations let your manager know that you want to level up what's gonna take to get to the next role right Mm. So it's important to have those discussions early and not wait until performance reviews around the corner mm-hmm. to try to say, oh, well, I work hard this year. That, that won't do it. Mm. You have to document. You have to have those ongoing conversations, especially when you have one-on-one meetings. Talk about you know, your desire to grow in your career. What do you need to do to get to the next role, to, to get to the next level? Ask for feedback. And one thing that is really important is visibility, which means, like, reflect and, and, and try to figure out, are you doing the work that no one else around the office wants to do? Or are you actually taking on projects that, you know, bringing results for the company? Mm. There's that too. Yeah. So you, you want to understand that path um, and, and self-advocate for yourself. I'm all about self-advocacy because you can have allies at work and those people can be there for you and try to help you. But at the end of the day, 
you are the one advocating for yourself. Mm. Anna Gator, you've been so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and teaching so many people how to truly advocate for themselves and no longer take these whack, quiet promotions. I hope you have a wonderful day and we look forward to talking with you soon. Okay, you both. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, this one's tricky. Uh, Dear Abby, I became engaged to a wonderful man five months ago. We have set a wedding date for next year. I'm ecstatic, thrilled to be planning such an important milestone in my life. I'm the youngest of five girls. Four of us are extremely close. Three of my sisters have graciously offered to help me with the wedding planning and preparation. I have included them in my bridal party, matron of honor, blah, blah, blah. There's one big issue. My parents and two of my sisters insist that I include my oldest sister, Iris, in my bridal party, even though she has a mental illness. She's schizophrenic. She is medicated, but still speaks to her voices. I love her, but I don't find it appropriate to include her in my wedding. My matron of honor is supportive and agrees it would be unwise. However, my remaining family is guilt-tripping me because Iris missed out on two of my sister's weddings due to being in a psychiatric facility. She lives with my retired parents now and requires care and supervision. Am I wrong for not including her in my big day? Okay, this one's tough for me. Yeah. I am the biggest advocate on cutting toxic people out of your life, and that includes your family. I do not have a relationship with my mother because I believe she has extreme mental illnesses that she refuses to medicate Mm. and refuses to get help for. And I've said to her, if you get medicated, I will talk to you. She doesn't want to. We cannot. However, this is tricky because this person sounds like they they are trying. And they are doing their best, and they've missed two because they were in a home getting treated. Now, it's not the sister's responsibility to include her sister, but what's her sister supposed to do? She's done everything she can to be uh, her best self. I I hear it. This one is really tricky. I was just married in June, and when you would have asked me my entire, like, up until the last five or six years, for the entirety of my life, if you asked me what my wedding day would have looked like, I would have said my sister will be my, you know, maid of honor or matron of honor, whatever. Yeah. And and that's that. She and I don't even talk anymore because she's become so religious and 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 mentally unwell in a different way, right? She's not schizophrenic, but she she struggles with some mental issues that have changed her dramatically in recent years. And so far so that she told me, you know, that I was going to go to hell if I married my husband, who she's known for 10 years, by the way, and loves. And so I had to make the difficult choice to not even invite her to the wedding, let alone have her in the wedding party. My little sister, Mackenzie, uh, was in the wedding party with you and some of my other friends. I love her. And she was fantastic. Uh, It's tricky, though. I will say this. It's your wedding. You don't have to invite or put anybody in your wedding party that you don't want to. And if your family is trying to influence you, you got to tell them to butt out and respect. Because if there's even a chance, because it's not just your wedding, it's also your partner's wedding. And your new your new spouse is not related to that person. They didn't grow up with them. They don't owe them anything necessarily. And if there is a fear that this person could have an episode and sort of destroy your wedding day, if they've been in a psychiatric facility for two weddings, right? That tells me they've probably been in a psychiatric facility multiple other times as well. It didn't just happen to happen during those two weddings. Uh, so that's really I know, tricky for me. But, but she's medicated. Do you have outbursts even when you're medicated? I don't know. I, but 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 what I'm saying is, 
if this bride makes the choice to have them in the wedding, that's her choice. If she makes the choice to not have her in a wedding, that's also her choice. What I don't like is any family member trying to guilt you into making decisions. I don't like that. No, no, no. I never believe in guilting. Ever. I just think it's a really tough situation because if she's medicated, I can't imagine her having an outburst. Well, if she's medicated, I don't think that this bride would be having such an issue dealing with this. It feels like there must be enough of a pattern where she's not comfortable. Well, just the information based on what she gave us in this is that she is medicated and she's just still nervous. Well, but it sounds because it sounds like based on the, the sister Iris, her history, that maybe this sister and that sister aren't that close. And that could also be a part of it, too. She might not feel close to the sister because she's had such a tumultuous sort of go at it. And for that reason, you're sometimes you're closer to some siblings than others. No, no, no. I hear that. Do you know what I mean? I don't I haven't talked to my brother in ten years. I haven't seen but my but my sister who's a year different from him, she and I are like thick as thieves. Yeah. So I uh... I mean, I don't think anyone should ever pressure you, but I do think it's an important conversation that if someone's getting medicated that has mental issues, then the reason that you don't want her in your wedding is because you're just not close, not because she's schizophrenic, because yeah. she's being medicated. So just say that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's difficult. Family's weird. Yeah. AOC is in some hot water right now, and it has to do with a dress that she wore to a major star-studded event. What's going on, Michaela? All right, this is interesting. I might need your help breaking this one down. The House Ethics Committee committee is investigating Democratic New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The eight-member committee provided no details about the nature of the investigation, saying only that it had decided to extend its consideration of a matter brought to its attention on June 23rd of this year and would announce its ultimate course of action sometime next year. Uh, It goes on to say uh, the socialist darling was the subject of two complaints submitted to the Office of Congressional Ethics over her attendance at last year's Met Gala, where she made waves at the gala wearing a designer made dress emblazoned with the words tax the rich. Both complaints alleged the socialist broke house rules by accepting free tickets to the star studded affair. The committee notes that the mere fact of a referral or an extension and the mandatory disclosure of such an extension and the name of the subject of the matter does not itself indicate that any violation has occurred or reflect any judgment on behalf of the committee. Now, lawmakers are allowed under chamber regulations to take free tickets to charity events directly from organizers. And the Post has previously reported that AOC and her now fiance, Riley Roberts, were directly invited by the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Okay, so here's the issue conservatives Mm. have. Conservatives are saying, because you are allowed to take free tickets. Yeah. However, conservatives are saying this is a for-profit company, which is Condé Nast, which owns the Met Gala, right? Uh, It's a media conglomerate, Vogue, they're in charge of all of it, right? Okay. Uh, And the tables at the event are also sponsored by corporations, right? So it's a for-profit event. That is one of their issues. Their second ethics complaint is, and this is almost laughable to me that after we lived through Trump for four years, we're talking ethics, but let's go there, right? They're saying that the the dress that she that she wore that she borrowed um, is it, that's also problematic. The tax the rich dress, right? Uh, because uh, they said that the gift uh, is directly related to AOC's position with the House as a highly visible and a controversial member. So they're making the claim that now now to me, I don't understand how that's different than 
uh, Melania Trump going to the border when kids are in cages and say nobody cares or whatever was on the back of her jacket. She made a statement. People make statements all the time. That's okay. This feels like a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. But it, it's mm, it's interesting. It's laughable to me that conservatives who support Trump and have for years are going to bring into question her ethics for going to this event. She got tickets. Who cares? Like, who cares? Right? But they're going to look into it, as they should, and that's fine. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out, though. Yeah, it will be interesting. I will be interested to see, too, because I wonder if she really can get any trouble. And imagine... I mean, imagine going to an event saying tax the rich and then you get in trouble for taking free ticket. Like, that irony is just a little too much to... Yeah, and also, let's tax the rich. Yeah, but also, yeah, why can't we? Yeah, but like, shouldn't we be doing that? Hello, quit taxing me. Come on. You're killing me out here. All right, coming up, we're talking with Magic Mike Live's Sebastian Gonzalez telling you why you need to follow your heart to Vegas to get the lap dance of your dreams. It's going to be delicious. Come on, Pony. Listen, it's interesting when a song makes you think of a moment in time or an iconic sort of visual. That you're a hoe. Right, you're a hoe. But also, (laughs) Pony makes me think of Magic Mike. Yeah, it does. The franchise, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I remember when the first movie came out, and then the sequel, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling all sorts of feelings. But let me tell you. You were. I watched, during the pandemic, I watched a a reality competition show called Finding Magic Mike on HBO Max. And I talked about this all the time. I fell in love with Johnny Dutch. I thought he was hot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he joined the cast for a while. He just left. However, there's still so much hotness in Magic Mike Live at the Sahara in Las Vegas, and we've been doing a giveaway all week long, and we're pretty excited about this, and you should be too, because we're now joined by one of the cast members, Sebastian Gonzalez. Sebastian, how are you? Let's go, Sebastian. Hi, how's it going, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Now, we're super excited about this because, you know, growing up, I remember my mom going to see, like, another one of those male review shows, you know, when I was younger. And and then when I got older, I was like, I want to check this out. And then I looked into it, and they didn't accept men. Like, men couldn't go to the show. Yeah. We're a, we're a queer radio station, so that doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Magic Mike Live, <laughs> though, is super open and diverse and, and, and inclusive. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think Magic Mike... Even it, when it was created uh, by Shannon Tatum and the creative team, it was created with the female gaze in mind still, but Magic Mike is still a place where everyone should feel welcome and, and enjoy an incredible evening uh, of entertainment because it, at its core, it's really just about people empowered, and that's the message that we want to give to everybody, whether you're a girl or a guy. Um, a lot of straight guys come, and I think it's it's just a good place to all enjoy the same. Well, you know, it's crazy because I sang with Brian Newman, uh, who often had the performers from Magic Live come, and the time the one of the times that I sang, there was this guy backstage, and he was like practicing pony, and he like looked really nervous, and I was like, "Hey, babe, you're gonna kill it! Like, don't worry." And then I went on and sang my song. I did whatever I had to do. And then all of a sudden, the same guy that was backstage, like, 
hit the stage so confident so hot sounded so incredible the dancers joined him and i was like i look like such an a-hole right now i was like don't worry babe you're gonna kill it mind you he was the most confident man in the room but what i like is that you guys are hot but like i'm a a lesbian and i appreciate hot guys but it really is a good show your host is really funny the singing is really good and you really are dancing yeah i think the show kind of shaked up the genre of what a male review should look like or what it is or what that formula was before. Um, and it, it is a Cirque du Soleil type show, you know, with acrobats and singers, musicians, uh, professional dancers. Um, and yeah, with, with that still sexy vibe that you go, you know, to a, a male review, uh, to watch guys take their shirt off. But then instead of, uh, the feeling or, or the the uh, um, the main theme being our abs or our you know our bodies is more like how we make uh, the audience feel, which is welcome and uh, excited and you know with whatever different number that there is, it's not all about like oh that's a hot guy with abs, you know. Yeah, no, you guys are athletes and you're also actors and you're performers. You're doing all of these things. I know you've been a dancer. You've toured with, you know, you've danced with Jennifer Hudson, Todrick Hall, some big, big names out there, right? But mm-hmm. but there is something special about this show and I haven't seen it live yet and I want to really bad. And like I said, I did, I watched the HBO Max show and what, what really struck me is that the team behind Magic Mike Live, like it really feels like it's a family. It feels like they really actually mm-hmm. genuinely care about you, but they also care about the audience experience. So, for whoever does win this giveaway on our you station, lucky devil. what can our winner expect to experience when they come and take a seat in Magic Mike Live? High level product uh, uh, show and know that they're going to feel welcome, that they're going to feel empowered, which I think it's 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 the main message of Magic Mike, right? Um, whether it's somebody that uh, comes into the stage to participate in the show, or there's somebody that's just there, as an spectator, it's that empowerment feeling. We we're in the audience a lot, which is quite different from uh, all the professional jobs that I've done before. Uh, and we really do our best to try to make everybody feel welcome and and single out everybody and uh, you know individually make them part of the show. I love that. Listen, Michaela, if you and I go to this thing, and you, if you don't get thing. dragged up on stage, or if I don't get like a lap Sebastian, dance at some point, I'm like I'm going to be, I'm be let down. Stage. You don't have to do anything to me. I just want to go yeah, on I stage. Just, I, just, <laughs> I don't want to go on stage. I just want to lap dance. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Listen, You'll Sebastian. You'll get one. You'll get one. Okay, nice. Dad, geez. Sebastian said you yeah, don't get one. I'm going to make a request for Sebastian. Can I All film right. it, Sebastian, or are no cameras allowed? <laughs> What happens in Magic Mike stays in Magic Mike, baby. Go to Magic Mike Live, LasVegas.com to get your tickets now as a Vegas girl. It's a show you don't want to miss. Thank you so much, Sebastian Gonzalez. Also, I do want to remind you, if you're trying to win your way in, you still have an opportunity to head over to WeAreChannelQ.com right now. We're going to cover round-trip airfare for two. A two-night stay at the Sahara. Two premium tickets to Magic Mike Live if Michaela and I don't take them first. Also, <laughs> uh, a Magic Pass package. Yeah, There's a meet and greet with the cast, dinner at Bazaar Meet, and a personalized bottle of champagne. We got you covered. WeAreChannelQ.com. Tell me something good. Let me introduce you to Jonathan, who is celebrating his 190th birthday. This is wild. By the way, Jonathan is a tortoise. Okay. Oh. Yeah, big old, big old turtle. 
And uh, he first arrived in his current home on the island of St. Helena in the South Atlantic in 1882 as a gift to the governor of the island, who is very much dead by now, by the way, uh, which is a, it's a British territory. At the time, he was thought to have already been about 50 years old. Now notching 190 years old. He's 48 inches long, the same size as when he arrived on the island. He hasn't grown an inch. Um, but his his species of tortoise reaches maturity at the around the age of 50, um, and he's still going strong. As far as we know, he's the oldest land animal on the planet right now. Let's just put this into perspective. I love it. When when Adolf Hitler was invading, you know, the world with Nazi Germany, because that was very real, by the way, even though they want to erase it from history yes. books. This guy was already in his hundreds. What? That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. This guy was alive during slavery. Honey, you've seen so much. So much. Wow, the little tortoise. Or he hasn't seen anything. He's been chilling on an island the yeah, whole time. Yeah, and he's yeah. been in his shell. Yeah, that part. Come out of your shell. <laughs> what better way to celebrate this time of year than by playing a little fun bingo? I love bingo. I grew up playing I... with my grandma okay. my mom i love bingo and we I have do. we have an opportunity for our listeners right now and here to tell us all about uh this really cool opportunity um is our next guest ethelina can joining us right now ethelina how are you you know what i could not be better this morning how are you guys doing <laughs> we're good. I'm feeling better now that we're talking to you bingo hey, queen. amen oh my God. yay uh, okay so tell us what's going on for our friends in the coachella valley because i'm very obsessed with this whole idea maybe um aj and i can take a little friend date down because yes. this sounds so fun i mean i can't believe that you guys have not been there yet i know that you guys are sponsors of it so on December 11th, um, we are doing a very special holiday edition of Ethel's Place Bingo, which is going to be at the Roos Lounge in Cathedral City. Okay. Um, it's such a great, fun bingo. It's like the bingo you can bring your mom and grandmother to. Um, it's super fun. And each month, uh, we like to shine a spotlight on a different charity organization. So the, the charity for December 11th is going to be the Boys and Girls Club of Cathedral City. And we have some fabulous prizes uh, donated for the bingo games from Peepa's Palm Springs. I love that. Also, yeah. uh, also sponsored by, uh, like you said, us, GED Magazine, Kettle One Vodka. I love mac and cheese, which I saw. We almost went in there when we were at Palm Springs Pride. My husband loves mac and cheese. So some great sponsors you have mm-hmm. going on and all for a great cause, the Boys and Girls Club. Like you said, 50% of all proceeds go directly to them. So it's just a perfect, fun Sunday fun day thing to do. So great. Uh, like this is Sunday, December 11th, this holiday edition for reservations for tables. Call 760-507-8495. That's bingo at Ethel's Place at the Roost Lounge in Cathedral City. Ethelina can. Thank you so much for stopping Thank by. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, you guys. Perfect way to end and go into the weekend. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Please try to celebrate the holidays as best you can. They go by so fast. We have a great show for you Monday. We'll see you then.